morning and good coffee. Hey everybody, it's Morning Coffee with Larry. And today is <clears throat> Monday, July 22nd, 2019. And I'm not ready for it to be Monday yet, so I think I'm just going to go on strike. <laughs> oh... I'm not necessarily sleepy. I've been up and going since four, but you know, there's some days you just can't get motivated to seriously consider it the beginning of a work week. I know other people, Monday isn't the beginning of the work week, and that's reality, uh, but it is for me, and I'm just it's not that I'm not motivated. It's just I'm not motivated to make this a Monday. <laughs> the weekend was jam-packed. Uh, there were things that I was hoping on doing over at my mom's apartments and never even made it there. Uh, spent the entire day on Saturday. Um, well, not the entire day, but the vast majority of the day just mowing. Um I had uh, problems with a tire that I had repaired the week before on the on the lawnmower, and so I had to take it back, and they wound up having to put a, uh, a tube in it, and now it's working fine. Uh, but the, the grass, just because we had had rain and now all the sunshine and heat, the, the grass was just growing out of control, and there were areas where, well, quite a few areas... Um, I had to mow it three times. It was hot enough that it, with each mowing, it was quickly drying out the clippings within an hour or so. But I had to start at the highest setting, then take it down to a medium setting. And then at the last part of the day, I had it down to uh, the desired setting. So it was just uh, real long and took a very long time to get done. My only real break was at noon, uh, went out to Lake Sarah Beach, and uh, Girl Scouts were doing a fundraiser of having a cardboard boat race. And I think a, a lot of folks, I mean, it was really neat. They didn't have a huge turnout. There were seven boats. And I think it may have been where, uh, even though it was open to the community, people didn't, didn't think it was a community thing. We did have one boat from the Workman uh, Health and Wellness Center. They uh, they did a fantastic job with their boat. Uh, there was one boat. I've got to pull up the pictures. Um, make sure I have it right. There was uh, three girls from the troop, from my wife's uh, Girl Scout troop, and they came up with a boat that they had painted. And it just, it just cracked us up. On the front of the boat, and I'll put some pictures of this out there uh, for you, but it had a goat on face on the front of the boat, kind of like, you know, on the old tall sailing ships, they would have, you know, uh, a, a woman's bust on the front of the ship. And, and it came complete with horns sticking out. And the back of the boat, it said... Uh, goat floats, and then it had the names of all of our goats on both sides uh, of the boat itself. I mean, it was just really, really cute uh, how they did it. Uh, just adorable. 
but uh, it was it was a fun race. Uh, they had to the it was taking place at the beach, and they had to go out and go around a buoy, and uh, a couple of them capsized out there. Uh, there was one uh, Girl Scout troop from where were they from? Uh, Newton came up, and they had a couple of different boats. Uh, very elaborately decorated, but one they took the the pla- the cardboard tubes that are used for carpeting, for rolling up carpet, and they took those center tubes out and painted them and put caps on the end so they were watertight. And basically, they made a big catamaran that was just screaming as it went through the water they did a they did a fantastic job with it uh but it was that was that was a fun break to see the excitement out there at the beach and frankly to see that things are happening at the beach at lake sarah uh when i was a kid and if you grew up during the the 60s and 70s out there the beach was a really neat place they had it was a good sized beach they had shuffleboard, they had a volleyball court, they had a miniature golf course, they had a really nice snack bar, bathhouse, uh, they had a covered pavilion-type eating area with a jukebox, they even put in some video games uh, later on. Eventually, they put in a big water slide, and the neatest part was they had a train that ran a little miniature train and it ran from the campground to the beach. So people who were staying at the campground could go back and forth uh, just riding the train. And so there's a group apparently called Lake Sarah Forever. Uh, and it, uh, there was a little article that I, I screenshot and just thought I'd share it with you. So those of you who are from this area in central Illinois who remember Lake Sarah or hate the idea of old beaches, you know, that were fantastic in their time, you know, just deteriorating down to nothing. It says here that the Lake Sarah Forever Foundation planned to refurbish the beach as well as the Pearson building near the lake on Pearson Peninsula, build a disc golf course, and provide a kid's area. The first phase will cost $1.1 million. The organizers hope to obtain a grant worth about $500,000. They need to raise matching funds in order to receive the grant. The Lake Sarah Forever Foundation invites the public to come to the first fundraising event on Monday, July 22nd. Hey, that's tonight at Pinky's, uh, which is a restaurant there at uh, the marina that's right by the beach. Pinky's will donate a portion of the proceeds from the from 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. that night. Bill Pasolacqua has also has arranged musical guests with the High Test String Band performing from 5.30 to 6 p.m. and uh, Love Seat performing from 6.30 to 7 p.m. So that's kind of a neat thing if you're in the area and you want to come out tonight, July 22nd to Pinkies, well, head out there and uh, do your part that you can easily do by simply enjoying uh, an evening of food and entertainment on the lake and, and help out with this really good cause. 
because uh, it would be really nice to see the beach up and going again because there's just nothing like laying out at a beach. So that's kind of cool. Um, the uh, uh, Another thing that I found last night, how many of you remember the movie from the 1970s called Soylent Green? And it had the question of, what is Soylent Green? In the if you if you find the old trailers, that question keeps being repeated and repeated and repeated, and it takes place in this futuristic world uh, where uh, there's there's really no food production anymore. That we have poisoned the planet, and uh, you know any kind of natural crops is only for the wealthy who can afford it, and everybody else has uh, soylents, uh, soylent being a manufactured food. And I think they had different colors and there was soylent green. And so the question is, what is soylent green? And, you know, I, should I spoil it for you? Well, it's been out for, goodness, 45 years probably. Soylent green was made from deceased humans and then fed back to the population. Ooh, scary movie from the 70s. Anyway, I'm at Walmart shopping with my lovely wife Dawn last night, and we're going aisle by aisle as we're uh, uh, picking up different items, and I see where they have different kinds of instant meal-type things to eat uh, or drink. And guess what they had? I had heard that it was out there. They had three different flavors of Soylent. Uh, so <laughs> literally cabbaging onto the idea that, uh, hey, this is manufactured food, just like in the movie. And they, I'm surprised they have flavors now, but it doesn't surprise me because I had heard about this over a year ago and that it was just bland, generic, you know, everything, all your nutrient type liquid food. And they were just coming off of the, you know, again, playing off of the movie. Well, now they have, uh, chocolate, strawberry and vanilla flavored Soylent. So I'm, <laughs> I didn't buy any, it was $3 a bottle, but I may just go out there and, and get some just for the, the sheer <laughs> novelty of it and see how Soylent tastes. Uh, I'm I'm hoping that it tastes better than what I'm remembering the movie. Oh, let's see. In case you're kind of figuring out, today's just kind of a potluck because, again, it's not really Monday to me. Um, here was a neat little meme that I, I found that I would share with you, and you tell me if this is true or not. Question. If someone from the 1950s suddenly appeared today, what would be the most difficult thing to, to explain to them about life today? So somebody pops up, 1950s. What would be the most difficult thing to explain today to them about life today? The answer, I possess a device in my pocket that is capable of accessing the entirety of information known to man. I use it to look at pictures of cats and to get into arguments with strangers. 
That is so true. That is so true. Oh, and it is this, you know, I remember taking um, computer class. Uh, it was fall of 82 at Effingham High School. And the textbook we had talked about the Cray supercomputer, which was the world's most powerful supercomputer at that time. And the book was written like it was from the year before, I think. Uh, and, and it was owned by the National Weather Service to run their uh, very complex uh, computer models. And it was capable of doing a million calculations per second. And that was just mind-boggling. And they had a photo of this, this cylindrical, I think it was red, device inside of this big white room. And the, the outside edge of the room is where they had all these, at, at the time the latest technology would have been disc packs, which was kind of like large platters uh, similar in size to a 33 record, uh, vinyl record. And, uh, that was, and they had those stacked in these large packs. Uh, and that was basically the equivalent of today's, you know, hard drives. Uh, but they, they didn't hold, I mean, they held a lot of information for the day, but they held nothing compared to today. Uh, especially considering I just got my wife a, uh, uh, a new thumb drive uh, at Walmart. It holds 32 gigabytes. Gigabytes weren't even feasible at the time that I'm talking about, and I got it for five bucks. Uh, but the uh, the Cray One supercomputer was the biggest thing, and when the Pentium chip came out around 1990, 91, something like that, it could make 1.15 calculations. Per second, these phones here that we carry around that we let toddlers play with so that they're quiet uh, in a waiting room or in an office appointment are are how many thousands of times more powerful than that supercomputer? But what do we do with them? We use it to have texting arguments <laughs> with the person sitting next to us. So no one else knows we're fighting. <laughs> oh, the day we live in, people. Um, it was uh, kind of funny. Over the weekend, I, I emptied out where we have our ducks here at the farm. We have a couple of little kiddie pools for them to play in. And they they immediately make the, the pool water all messy and nasty. Uh, so I put fresh water in them and I didn't get the videotaping going fast enough. Uh, but I tell you when they got the fresh water in there, they started drinking it and they jumped in and started going crazy, diving underwater, racing around the pool, which is only like four foot across. Uh, and then, and jumping out again and cleaning their feathers. It was just so hilarious to watch. So next time I do that, I'll, I'll have to uh, try to videotape it and <clears throat> put it out on the uh, Facebook page. Um, but in looking here at a topic for today, one of the things that I do besides this podcast is I do a twice a week podcast on anxiety issues called the I Hate Anxiety Podcast. 
I think I've got around 40 episodes on it, something like that. It comes out twice a week on Mondays and Thursdays. So if you you are interested in anxiety or if you struggle with anxiety, you are more than invited to to go to that. You can look it up. You can look up the page on Facebook. Uh, I usually have it posted on my page if you're one of my friends. Uh, I think I always post it public, so you can go to my page, Larry Quicksaw, there on Facebook. Um, or you can go, you know, look it up as the I Hate, just type in I Hate Anxiety or I Hate Anxiety Podcast, one of the two. But this article I came across uh, regarding anxiety is referenced to kids. And so if you have kids or grandkids uh, and you're, you're kind of, you know, they're, they're acting, you know, in certain ways where they're not wanting to do certain things. It can be anxiety. And this article is from a website called Awareness Act. And the uh, author of it, um, I'm guessing this must be a pseudonym, is Rebel Pharmacist. Uh, rebel pharmacist is that the same thing as an undocumented pharmacist or uh, uh, or a uh, drug dealer? Well, it's a rebel pharmacist. We'll go with that. It's from March 29th of this year, and uh, I'm not going to read the whole article to you, but what I will do is um, uh, where is it at? There we go. I'm going to look over some of the symptoms of anxiety that we see in kids. Because when you got little bitty kids, they're not engaged enough in language, self-awareness, uh, being able to describe things that, that are, you know, able to, you know, it's hard for them to connect with that concept of anxiety. It's a bit abstract. And a lot of times even adults will ask me in session, well, what, what really is anxiety? So these are some of the symptoms that you can look for. And granted, it's they're part of normal behavior with kids, but you know some of these are, are kind of clear signs. So what are some of these early childhood symptoms uh, of, of anxiety? And it includes constant stomach, stomach aches during stressful situations. Now they say, my tummy hurts. Well, why would, they, why would their tummy be hurting? Because adrenaline, if adrenaline is being released... Uh, then it causes muscles in the stomach to, uh, you know, move, contract differently than normal, and it feels uncomfortable, and sometimes it's described as pain. That happens for adults, and it typically is only happening when there's been some sort of release of adrenaline. So then um, that should only happen in life-threatening situations. So something's going on where a child is really perceiving what's going on as a threat. Agitation can also be a sign uh, of, of kind of like that fight-or-flight reaction. Restless behavior. They, they just, they're, they're fidgety. They're, you know, in those stressful situations. They, they are just wanting to move around. They're avoiding people or avoiding situations that could even slightly stress them out. So they're, they're, they have learned to try to use avoidance, which is a normal, natural thing that people do. It causes problems, but that's, that's one of the things that, that uh, 
uh, is used. They have meltdowns over slight issues. Um, that can be a sign of anxiety. Difficulty transitioning from what they're doing to something else. Another is extreme perfectionism. Uh, why are they why are they unable to let themselves make mistakes? Uh, has there been somebody in their life that has demanded that it be done right? Uh, are they afraid of making mistakes? Has there been you know punishments associated with making mistakes that they don't know how to cope or deal with? And then strange coping mechanisms that could be considered as self-harm. Biting, scratching, pinching, or even the pulling of their own hair. Uh, these can be coping methods that little kids are using, and bigger kids also, but we're kind of focused here on the little kids that are using to try to cope with the anxiety or stress. So what do you do with it? with this if you see you know, your child or grandchild, somebody showing some of these signs. I think it's, you just go down to their level and you ask them, you know, is there something that's really bothering you? Is there something that's scaring you? Is there something that you're not wanting to do? And see if you can get them to engage in some conversation again at their level. I wouldn't use the word anxiety at all. I would keep it very concrete, such as, you know, if their stomach is, is hurting, you know, when they, when it's time to go to school, you know, well, is there, you know, do you like going to school? Do you like your teacher? Just kind of do a rundown list because sometimes again, depending upon their age and their, their communication abilities, you may have to give them different things, but don't overwhelm them with like a list of 30 possible things like a checklist. Uh, just kind of use your intuition and, and get, you know, see if you can get an idea that away. I think it's also very wise to have ongoing conversations with your kids, not per se trying to, you know, determine is there something wrong with my kid, but when we have a close ongoing communication relationship, <coughs> excuse me, then whenever something is happening, we're more apt to catch it on a lot quicker than later uh, because we're, we're having that ongoing communication. I guess one of the concerns I have, which ties back into that reading about the meme and the uh, cell phones in our pockets, is I see a lot of people, rather than having conversation with their kids, they give the kids something to keep them quiet. They want to have the adult conversation only, even if the kids are present. And and granted, you know, it doesn't mean that you can't have adult conversations and all your attention needs to be placed on the kids. But what about teaching the kids appropriate interaction, not dominating the conversation, teaching them that they can join in a conversation where there are multiple adults and that, you know, the, what's the right way of doing it? You know, don't interrupt. Hold your thought. Uh, you know, that's that's kind of a part of teaching that I think we can kind of look to some kids that come across as being pretty rude and demanding, and you see parents just giving into it immediately, that these may be kids that have not been trained yet in how to appropriately interact with adults and and you know, put down 
Keep the phones out of the conversation. Keep them away from you. Keep it away from the kids so that you can have these kind of conversations and know then what's normal interactions and what's normal activities with your that your kids are going through or grandkids are going through. And then when something is happening, such as, oh, you, your stomach's hurting, well, you know what? You've said that the past three times you've been there. Is there something going on? Or, oh, your stomach's hurting. Uh, you usually like going there. I've never known you to have a stomach ache. Is there something going on? You know, maybe it is just a legitimate stomach ache. They got some, you know, got a bad potato. Uh, but it could also be the anxiety because that's one of the symptoms that a lot of adults share as well. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed our potluck morning here today. Trying to see if there was anything else jumping out. Um, on, on the fun-filled stuff with Illinois, I'll leave you with this one. Uh, some of you may have seen this floating through. I think it flowed through a lot of people's Facebook feeds if you're from Illinois. Uh, this person posted a picture of the back of a box trailer uh, on I-55. It says between Troy and Collinsville. Uh, the person here uh, who posted it said honked, honked at him and gave him a thumbs up. And it has the picture of the guy from the, uh, the old uh, Mexican beer commercials where he says, I don't always do this, but when I do... You know, and, and there's a lot of memes with it. And it says, I don't always leave Illinois due to crushing taxes and corruption. Just kidding. We're heading to Texas. And then I saw where uh, there was another picture done by them that has started making the rounds of them uh, celebrating their arrival in Texas. So, <laughs> oh my, you know, sometimes you just got to, Grin and bear it, laugh and enjoy it, and hunker down just to see what's coming next. Well, that's it for morning coffee today. I'm going to finish my coffee. It is now, what time is it? Oh, it's 20 till 6. Time to get out. It's daylight. You know, it's not as, as light early in the morning as it was. You know, we're, we're exactly one month uh, from my birthday last month, and that is on the longest day of the year. And so, uh, yeah, we're, we're heading towards winter. Gee, that sucks, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> I saw all the stuff at Walmart for kids to get for school, and I don't like seeing that. That means summer's gone. It's over. Didn't get stuff done that I wanted to. <sighs> oh, well, we have to make the best of every day. So, I need to tell myself it's Monday morning, get myself in the happy mood, get ready to head down to work, and I hope you guys all have a, a great one today, and we will see you next time with some coffee and some fun conversation. Have a great day. Take care. Bye-bye.